This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. Annyeonghaseyo. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. <laughs> Ничего не надо есть, есть Твой хлеб, своя бумага, да Далеко пойду, но уже без тебя О моем, ты понимаешь, о чем я Видишь на страницах и листах Слышишь мои песни во всех местах Все твои подгоны глубоко в чертак Бэби, бой, ты понимаешь, о чем я говорила мне всегда Только не грусти по пустякам Ты знаешь, что мне все равно, все равно Мне уже все равно, все равно Отрываю я по лепесткам Не гадаю, ты все знаешь сам Ты знаешь, что мне все равно, все равно Мне уже все равно Ты подарил мне козы Чтобы утереть мои слезы Прикрою ими
and you're listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Kia ora everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. So today I have a new friend with me on the show, Elina Ashimbaeva. Uh, she's the co She's the founder of Storio, and um, I guess there's so many things that we can talk about today. I'm really excited to uh, get to know her. Kia ora, Elina. Hi there, Irina. Nice <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much. I just feel like we just clicked, even though we just literally just chat <laughs> today. Um, how are you doing? I am really good. I really loved our little stories about our names um, always a bit connecting to talk about, you know, some history, uh, personal connection there. Yeah, mm. yeah, we're doing well. It's raining like crazy in Auckland. Ah. Uh, but, you know, the classic, I'm just happy to be inside, a warm cup of tea, cool interview. Yeah. Cozy, really cozy. I yeah. wish I was like at home right now, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm at work, but um, it's just nice to be talking to people like you who bring so much positivity in people's lives. <laughs> Um, Thank you. So we were talking about our names, and I kind of want people to hear as well about it. Um, so I'm Arina, and you're Elena. Elena. Yeah. Um, and you were sharing us about how you were nameless for a month. <laughs> yes. So a caveat. I probably need to confirm that story with my mom. Because <laughs> I feel like Fact check. it's been a while. Um, I might be making up some stuff. But um, I'm from Kazakhstan originally. And I'm part Russian, part Kazakh. And I grew up there. I was born there. Um, and when I was born, my mom and my dad had different names that they wanted to name me. And they couldn't agree. And so for a whole month after I was born, I didn't, I didn't have a name. I think they just called me like daughter, <laughs> like baby, baby. <laughs> yeah, little girl, yeah. little girl. Yeah. And I think my, um, my mom's parents, my grandparents, they uh, were still with us back when I was little and they were kind of like, okay, if you don't name her, we have, we will just name her ourselves. And the parents were like, oh shit. Okay. We, can, we have to, you know, we have to name her something. So they, um, they came up with this name and it's like kind of semi-common. Oh, it's a, maybe not too common, but not that uncommon. Like you'll definitely meet other Alinas back mm. home. And I think it's a Greek name. I'm pretty sure it's a Greek name. Yes. Mm. It's yes. such a beautiful name. I think um, it's cute, you know, Alina. And it looks, yeah, you, you look like an Alina. <laughs> with your bangs and your glasses. <laughs> I love that. What about Arena? What about history of your name? How yeah. You so um, I didn't realize my name meant something until like a few years ago when someone pointed it out um she's japanese and arena actually means peace and even in russia it means peace as well so i like how it's, it's just um funny how like two completely different cultures and languages actually mean the same thing like arena mm. means peace in those two languages um interesting like i, I am not peaceful in any way <laughs> I feel like I'm quite chaotic with like my life choices and stuff. So it doesn't. <laughs> and, how, and how was your name chosen? Like, how did you? Oh, I don't know. I think um, both my parents have A's um, as their first names, so I think they were just like, oh, okay, that's a good name. Um, five good letters job. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love all those patterns. I have two siblings, two younger brothers, and they're both so in Russian. 
Elena is spelled not with an E, but with an E, like it's ah. the letter E. So my both of my other brothers, I also started with the same letter. It's Elena, Eric, and Eden. And my mom always joked, like, we're like the Kardashians, oh. <laughs> you know, try, <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to follow the pattern. Of, yes. Yeah. It, it is it is like a trend, though, for ethnic uh, people to have names that's, like, similar with their families. Like, we yeah. really put a lot of thought in our names. Like, it doesn't just need to sound nice, but also it needs to fit in with the family. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I guess there was so much, as you said, meaning behind, like, a lot of in Kazakhstan, for example, a lot of names have, like, um, they actually like they actually words that are like you know peace or hope mm. or I guess in English as well right but um, yeah definitely back home like names are quite important. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking probably same in New Zealand. I just don't know much about New Zealand names, mm. but definitely I know back home it's a big thing. Yes, exactly. Um, well, let's stop talking about our names and <laughs> um, go on with this interview. And it would be great if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Cool. Okay. Kia ora. <laughs> My <laughs> name is Alida, as we just talked about. Um, so yeah, I'm from Kazakhstan, and I've been living here in Auckland in New Zealand for 12 years, almost 12 years, going to be 12 years in October. Um, I sort of classically, when I came here, I studied biomedical sciences, to wanted to be a scientist or a doctor, but sort of my path really deviated, and I did a whole bunch of different things, and always been really passionate about like community and giving and impact and yeah ended up now doing work in the hospital and also founding a platform called Storio where we share stories of women and gender diverse people in New Zealand yeah that's a so, short one I guess <laughs> that is so beautiful and um, I think what I really want to know is what do you do at the hospital yeah so I um after I did my science degree, I worked in like different, lots of different organizations. I kind of hopped between places for like a year and a half. And I worked in a role called product management, uh, where you work on a technology product, like a software product, and you're figuring out how to build it, how to interview people, like what is it going to be like? So I worked in the Ministry of Education um, or with like with the education sector before and now with the health sector. And my title is experience designer, which is like kind of weird fancy title but it's pretty much means very similar thing like we're trying to figure out how do we build or improve um services in the hospital or like in a health um system in auckland uh maybe it's a product maybe it's a form maybe it's a whole service maybe it's a training program and you're mm -hmm. sort of like interviewing people uh working with them together with community with clinicians figuring out how to build things that's pretty much what it means that's really exciting yeah and mm. um it's it's a really like you need to explain what you do you can't just like tell people oh this is what i do i know <laughs> yeah. i know i guess that's it's a very classically like you know i'm thinking now like with schools right you have like jobs that everyone knows kind of like lawyer or you know yeah. doctor and there's actually like most jobs right you kind of don't really know about or hear about and you kind of have to like even as you go like i didn't know about experience design specifically like as a title role before I joined it yeah. um yeah yeah but I'm very lucky my team is amazing I work with like the most awesome wonderful um team we're called Aramanua it's ah. like a design studio within a hospital mm. I'm really interested how do you tell the people back home or like people in the older generation that know you what you do because I have a struggle oh. with that 
Oh, good question. I actually have so um I'm kind of like interesting or like weird that way. I don't really have um any elder relatives. So mm. it's just my mom and my two younger brothers. So I have no uncles, aunties, grandparents, no one. So I feel like I haven't needed to interact with many older folks mm. um like in the family um wise. Um I probably would struggle to people tell people back home because I feel like my Russian, like even though I lived there for sixteen years and Russian is my first language, I don't have the level of like to explain my job. So yeah. anything that happened after I was sixteen, like words for that stuff, yeah. kind of like just I just don't know. I just like try to say try to come up with like an English like a Russian version of an English yeah. word and see that fits. Um, yeah, but I pretty much tell people that like, yeah, I'm working to I'm working with people to improve services in the mm. hospital and people kind of get that yeah. yeah I think that's a really good explanation I just thought yeah. about that because well I work at a radio station I connect um, groups multicultural groups and young people help them make radio shows and podcasts and I tell my grandparents I'm a DJ because <laughs> it's just so much easier oh my easier. god that's so cool <laughs> I mean I think your, your grandparents would still know the radio like radio is a thing right yeah radio, so they would know the radio but DJ sounds like yeah like h- how do I tell them that I don't just talk on radio I help other people as well and like specific kinds of people um, just makes it easier for them to understand <laughs> what I do so that they can tell their friends what I do you know <laughs> so, like did you know that Irina is a DJ like Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah. um so uh, besides the work you do at the hospital, what else do you do? Yes. So should I talk about Storio stuff? Yes. Let's talk about Storio. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about Storio. So I I have always been really passionate about the ideas of how how we build things. So rather than what we build, more so how we build it. And I've always seen that... Um, when you have teams or people around the table that have different values and backgrounds and experiences, the conversations are so much more richer and better for it. So um, throughout all my workplaces, I've always been passionate about diversity, equity, inclusion, those kind of buzzwords, (laughs) and um, have done that work. And then so three years ago, my partner and I um, were just chatting about something and he was like, hey, uh, what I do, because he had a marketing agency and he was like, I interview people, like kind of like what we're doing here, interviewing mm. people, sharing their stories. And he was saying a lot of people when we do Google, like, you know, it's changing now, but when we Google like top founders or top, you know, whatever in New Zealand, it's always been like really white male kind of success stories or white women success stories. So he was like, hey, what if we do something different and shared stories of our friends and like their friends that are not necessarily those kind of like success founder stories Mm. and i love the idea so i overtook from him completely pretty much (laughs) and um yeah we just started reaching out to my friends friends of friends i've asked everyone who i've interviewed like who is the other person they want to hear about and then i would reach out to that person and i just got so into it because i feel like i spent a lot of times like researching the person online and usually these people that I've interviewed, maybe not everyone, but majority have never been interviewed or maybe interviewed mm. once or something. Um, so for them, it was really special. And for me, it was very special to like have this conversation with them and share. Um, so we focused a lot on stories of like social workers and sex workers and teachers and 
um, you know, like just artists and stuff and sharing their journeys. And since then, it's been mostly women and genderers, but recently also um, other minority groups, like we interviewed men as well. Um, and yeah, we've had like 180 interviews. <gasps> 180 people 180 people yeah yeah i think i think maybe a few of them have been repeated like i've interviewed some people twice for different series yeah uh but interviews was definitely 180 yeah i can't believe you know 180 people (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's been i've been telling people recently that storio is my uh like evil plan to make people my friends (laughs) I like either interview them and then we become friends or in a similar fashion, people have been interviewing me about Storio yep. and I'm like, hmm, friends. <laughs> so, We're friends. <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm meeting all this like wonderful people who really like enrich my life through yeah. their stories and just through their experiences. And I'm just really forever grateful about that. That is so beautiful. And um, what are you currently doing with Storio? Now now you're at like 180, but um, (laughs) are there any more like series or different kinds of uh, programs you're doing? So in the beginning, we just did um, like individual written interviews. So it was just one person. I write questions, they answer, we publish that. And then we moved into like, hmm, I've never done video. That would be cool to try. So I've done some video interviews. And then... Um, what I've been doing probably for the past six months to a year, probably a year now, and I've been focusing mostly is on series. So we do like 30 people for a particular series and they have some particular common thread between them and I interview them. So the latest, latest ones we've done, some examples of like people who work in domestic violence field, local artists, local poets, um, we've done circus artists, done people who work in tech, people who started small small or big businesses. Um, and the recent two that we've done this year was Pass the Mic. Mm-hmm. So it's um, a series um, of former sort of people from migrant and refugee backgrounds. And then also another series with a friend of mine um, about um, autism awareness. So those kind of have been the last two series that we've done. And I have a br- one more brewing up mm-hmm. that I'm, I've just started thinking about. It hasn't been yet like a a thing but it's being created I Ooh, guess. it's in it's in your head you're <laughs> thinking head. About i've been it. talking to people about it yeah. but like i haven't yet like okay cool and you know i haven't like written out exact plan but i'm getting there that is so exciting and i like how you know when you mentioned the people the kind of people you interview they're stories that we don't really hear a lot and like we want to hear about mm. yes and the big thing you know Irina, like i'm thinking a big thing for me when I started was that when I read like success stories and that's what the stories could be anyone who is like really struggled maybe or blah, blah, blah. And now they are doing this amazing work and they're like either saving hundreds and thousands of people or they have this massive business. I feel like those stories have their place. Like it's inspiration and it's, you know, it's cool to see like human achievement, whatever. But at the same time, I found personally they just made me feel a little bit bad about myself. <laughs> I feel like I've always ended up comparing, you know, we live in this like yeah. weird world, social social media, where we're constantly feeling like we're comparing ourselves to everyone else. Are we doing enough? Are we contributing enough? Are we whatever? So I kind of like embarked on that conquest of like asking other people that I really admire if they feel the same. Because mm. I feel like, um, I don't think 
probably it's a true story for me anymore because I've done a lot of work on that mindset yeah. but it has been um for you know years around like I'm not doing enough I need to contribute enough I need to give more I need to do more mm. and like I think it's a to, to a point it was good for me to, to sort of propel me and help me do work and learn shit so, apologies uh, for my language um but at some point I was like actually it's like people that are artists that I really admire they are really wonderful and I see them like in their beauty now. I don't need to. I, my friend said it really nicely, Karen. He was saying, it's not like you, you know, you go watch a gig. You never think, oh, I wish that artist sang a bit better. Or, mm. oh, I wish my friend, did, the art was a little bit better and then I'll come see them. You just appreciate them in a moment. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what I try to do with story here is like people are beautiful and the story is beautiful as they are now. Let's all be kinder to ourselves <laughs> yeah, and appreciate them where they're at rather than where like, they're at. yeah that is beautiful yeah. and the thing about those big success stories i can't relate to them like i feel like those people they're way high and i'll never be that and um as inspiring as it is but we can't really reach there but like with our friends like we know them we've seen them you know their, mm-hmm. their struggles and everything that they went through Yes, yes. Mm. And I find that, like, the stories, are, at least in the beginning, were mostly read by people who... So, for example, there's a friend of mine, and we, I would interview her, and then she would post it on her social media. It's mostly her friends who, like, really wanted to read more about it. Like, it's, like, people oh. who really enjoyed reading, like, seeing your friend and their story laid, laid out in this way. And, like, you know, sometimes we can be friends with someone for years and not know some of the, like... What are their values? What do they dream about? What has been the recent like challenge that they're going through? What have they been? You know, like yeah, might the not real be, stuff. But yeah, the real, and and like reading that on the page about your friend, I feel like it's quite special. Like I'm always interested. Like whenever someone like you know does an interview, and I'm like, ooh, I want to go and like hyper them. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. like see what they're like, how they feel inside, and what they've shared. Aww. I think it's quite cool. That is amazing. I love what you do. And, you know, um, really excited to see where Storyo will go in the future. Like, you guys are doing so much around now. Um, but there will be so many other things that's going to pop up. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see that on my timeline. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Um, so, I really want us to talk about your cultural identity. Um, But before we do that, we might go on a song break because you brought some songs for us today. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Um, Can you share with us one of the songs that you want to play? Oh, yes. I might need a second to make sure that I'm saying the song names right. So um, I have uh, a person that I actually went to school with back in the day in Kazakhstan. And she is Uyghur. Uh, She's from Kazakhstan, but she's Uyghur. And she became like a pop, pop song artist back wow. home, and she's like quite—I think she's quite famous back home. I, mean, I don't know, but from what I see online, I really like her songs. Um, so a few that I send—they're all kind of um, half Russian, half in English. But her name is um, Rehana Mukhlis, and she sings songs uh, like a red dress or um, roses. Yeah, we'll see. We can play one of them and Yay. see how how that goes. I love how. See, you're hyping up your friends. <laughs> I I probably like wouldn't call her friend. I haven't seen her in like yeah. 15 years. Huh. But it was really cool. I went to school with her and I uh, love her songs. She's doing awesome. All right. So we'll be right back after the song break. 
Так одна я бегаю по краю Притворяю, что все хорошо и краю Я с тобой играю, но ты yeah. Ты не видишь, что там глубоко так сложно Разглядей то, что тебе не положено Вся моя стромная тема, ты меня не Tago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and I'm here with Elena. Hi, Elena. Hi. Hello. <laughs> welcome. I was going to say welcome back. I'm not the one interviewing you. <laughs> well, um, I, I usually think like it's a dual thing. Like we're doing this together rather than like I'm interviewing you. Like this is our show now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for the song. You know, I love that you brought your friends well, not friend, like uh, someone you know and someone you go to school with. Like I would still say like um, acquaintance, you know, <laughs> that's how yeah. I would describe my old friends that I wouldn't call mm-hmm. friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that. Um, so let's talk about your cultural identity. Um, and yeah, so imagine I'm someone who doesn't know anything about Kazakhstan. Um, what are the cultural values that you would share with us about um that you really appreciate about your culture yeah oh it's actually quite a tough question if i'm honest Mm. um i so for the longest time growing up in kazakhstan i really dissociated from being kazakh so my dad is kazakh my mom is russian and my parents divorced when i was quite young so i feel like i've like had never really connection to the kazakh culture in a way although i look very kazakh so back home people like you know yeah, I uh, would know. And I've struggled because I think I've seen how much my mom struggled back home. So it's um, there's a lot of values there that I don't appreciate. Uh, it's quite an old school patriarchy, you know, country. Mm-hmm. So my mom being Russian, being single mom, being a working mom, it was quite tough for her. So from that perspective, 
I like always be like, oh, you know, I just I just want to move to a Western country and be Western person and speak English and just whatever, you know, a classic sort of migrant situation. And only probably like recently in the last five years, I've been sort of realizing that I ask people so much about their culture. And here, you know, at my in my work, we always talk about like decolonization and how do we learn about utility properly and tea Maori and how do we, you know, all this work. And I was like, it's actually funny, like I talk about that a lot, yet I don't connect with my culture and I don't know much. So I've been like feeling like I would want to, and I don't think I'm there yet, but like I would want to go back at some point and for like a, I don't have any relatives there. So again, I have only my mom and my two brothers. So I have no one back home, but some school friends, but I would love to go back home and like kind of reconnect like mm-hmm. with what parts of the culture there are because i i was reflecting with a friend the other day how some of those values around like patriarchy or corruption whatever i don't think they're cultural values i think i don't actually know exactly i'm about to read up some history or philosophy how those things happen to some of our home countries like it's not that kazakhstan culture is corruption but the but the corruption somehow evolved in the country through whatever events that happened mm. so i would love to connect to what actually kind of culture is mm. what i do know that it's very hospital like classic hospitable hospitality everyone is like you go to people's houses you know how here in new zealand and I, I'm, I'm like i'm i'm very much assimilated now to the new zealand way but i used to be very in the kazakh way you go to someone's house and like you know you bring some like chocolate and you sit there and share whatever back home like people just like you can like you open your fridge and you take out everything you have in the fridge <laughs> and you're like this is all yours please eat it and you like mm. make sure that they do so i kind of like i kind of like that it's kind of cool like a little thing um, yeah. and again i probably myself haven't been showing those values really well to be mm. honest but i do appreciate them and yeah it's also very like what a passionate culture i find like it's very expressive and it's very like i don't know people just like whether it's like love or romance or whatever it's like quite an expressive culture um mm. and i found i remember coming here for the first time quite difficult to readjust although i do appreciate me some like balance i think it's nice to have balance but it was different when i came here and i was like everyone is so reserved and like you know like kind of polite but then they will say things behind your back but there in Galveston it's like in your face <laughs> we'll share stuff you know it's quite loud so mm. yeah yeah, I don't know if that was the answer that you expected, but I'm, I'm definitely on the journey of, like, figuring it out myself. Yeah, probably. and I think these are the conversations we hope for on the show because not everyone has it figured out. I don't have it figured out either. Like, mm-hmm. um, same like you, I came to New Zealand um, when I was 10, and then uh, I was here for a, year, a few years. I went back to Malaysia, felt homesick for New Zealand, came back, um, really tried to be Kiwi, but now I'm starting to look at so many other stories like people with their own different cultural identities and realizing that I don't know anything about my Malay culture like mm-hmm. um, yeah they're, they're, like similar to you like there is the history of like Malaysia being corrupted and all that but that's not Malaysia culture the Malay culture is about politeness and being kind to your elders and respecting your teachers you know um, there's so many things that I don't know about my culture and it feels really nice to hear that you're saying it the same way as well like it's not just yeah. me everyone else is feeling the same way as well yeah the mm. recent you know series that I did uh, the past the mic one with um, 15 uh, interviews with my former migrants or refugees um, 
that was very like that you know like was kind of eye-opening how pretty much every single person that i've interviewed said the same thing mm-hmm. and so they're either not connected or don't feel kiwi enough or chinese enough or you know what it, like it's always kind of this kind of weird mix and i'm also reflecting maybe you know the way i think about it connected to your culture means like going back and like really reconnecting and like really learning but i'm like maybe there's this whole like generation or generations but like so many of us that are kind of living in between and maybe this in between is the culture on its own like maybe Mm. that's the culture that like i feel like we have this like interesting two world sometimes three world or four world yeah like views and we choose which ones do we want to like reflect on or adopt or let go of or question and i kind of think it's like yeah i don't I think I used to think of myself as like disconnected and I'm like, maybe I'm just connected to a different, like in between culture. Yeah. Maybe you're connected in a different way, but you're not actually disconnected with some parts of it. I like that. Let's normalize this. Let's actually create a new culture. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Almost like in between kids, not so kids anymore, but you know, like it's a, it's um. I feel like when we think about connection, it's like going back as if you have to go back fully and learn stuff. And I'm like, well, and that's cool. I think it's cool if people find joy in that. But also, a lot of us can't do that. Like, you can't go back home for whatever reasons, right? Like, there's so many countries that have um, environments that you just can't come back to, right? Yeah. Uh, for whatever reasons. And so, like, maybe there is some way to not feel like you don't belong, but kind of find this, like, in-between space that we all... Yeah, like, the moment, the moment people tell me that they feel similar, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm not the only one. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, I love conversations like this. It's like the term third culture kid. Maybe we need this new term for what we're feeling. Uh, I'm going to go back and like research this now that you've like, inspired me. <laughs> I'm to know sure more. some way smarter people wrote some really beautiful things about it. So yeah. if you find something, let me know. <laughs> yes, we'll do. Um, what about your Russian side? Um, are you connected to that side of you? Yeah, wow. No one has ever actually asked me that, funny enough. Um, I think I used to, again, associate way more with Russian because my mom was Russian and I grew up with mom. She raised me, so I associated with that a lot. But in saying that, I only when I came here, I realized that I don't actually know much about, you know, it's quite different. It's very, um, how would I compare it to? Uh, you know how we have like a settlement of um, Chinese migrants here for generations in New Zealand, right? So their connection to Chinese culture might be quite different to what actually happens in China, right? So I feel like same thing, same thing in Kazakhstan. We have a huge population of Russians, um, but they've never been to Russia. They've never, they, they maybe their parents even haven't been to Russia. And so the connection is quite different. I remember when I come, came to New Zealand and I met Russians from Russia, I was like, whoa, we have very different culture. And I was like, oh, wow, I thought I thought of myself as Russian. So, like, what does that mean? You know, there's like a layers of like layers yeah. of the in-betweenness and being um, in between cultures. So I am um, probably because I speak the language. My mom is Russian. Um, she's not from Russia, but she's Russian. Um, like, I feel like kind of semi-connected through food. I love Russian food. Um, and again, the language is a big thing, right? Like when, when you speak the language, it feels like like you get the, the the that part although obviously with recent years again i've never connected to russia because i've just never had to do anything with russia mm. neither did my mom or her parents so you know mm. but obviously now with what's happening it's been interesting to observe the polarization of the world of course against what russia is doing which i 100 support um you know anti 
war movements there. But it's been interesting to see, even in Kazakhstan, how people have, like, the division has already been quite big between Russians and Kazakhs, but now it's even bigger. And mm. um, it's a bit unfortunate because I remember growing up and it's like, I was 16 when I left. So even like my friends who were kids at the time would kind of joke about not being friends with like Russians or Kazakhs because we are separate. And now mm. it feels like it's even like, yeah, it's a, it's even bigger and it's quite unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost don't think of it as like a Russian conflict. I almost think of it as like a, as in like, Russians conflict. It's like a, a government and it's all a this nation government nation thing. situation. Yeah. Not like yeah, an so, ethnicity thing. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Mm. So, but yeah. Hey, like I also I haven't lived there in a while, so I I, I I'm I'm holding mm. quite different opinions just from observing from far away and not being too connected. But yeah, I guess language is a big connector for me. Yeah. Um, and food. Mm. <laughs> That, that's really interesting. Thanks for, you know, reflecting on that. And um, I like how vulnerable you were to share about that because um, it's hard, you know, when people say, oh, Russians, war. Um, and like, ethnically, you are Russian, but you don't connect with the nation of Russia. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm assuming a lot of Chinese people would feel the same or, you know, so many nationalities that I'm just thinking of a few friends who I know who are Chinese, who like their parents, like generations were born here. And they don't support what China government is doing. Yeah. But like that's that's you know, like you almost have nothing to do with that. But huh. but you do. Yeah, it's a weird like Yeah, I think of... people need to normalize that just because people are like Chinese, they're not actually from China. We've got Chinese people in Malaysia and Singapore mm-hmm. and Japan. <laughs> so it's like um yeah, like even though ethnically you're somewhere, you're not actually from that place. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it almost had nothing to do with that place, really. Yeah, in so many, so many ways. Yeah. Uh, well, that that was a really good discussion. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, um, thank you for asking. Yeah. Um. So when you came to New Zealand at sixteen, what was the reason for that move? Yeah, I think it was a classic migrant story, right? Like my mom wanted to move for you know better life, better education for kids, better mm. work opportunities and stuff, and. Um, I came first, so I came by myself um, to university. So I lived in a homestay family um, and for like a year, maybe less than a year, and then started flatting, went to university here. And then five years after that, my mom and my two brothers joined me here as well. Um, yeah, probably worth noting, you know, I've been recently having a chat with mom about it, how there's a very, and I wonder if people relate, but there's a very different perception of what Western, like, go overseas to a better place, better country. The way they definitely market, I guess, like in the media or even through like actual marketing of education opportunities is so, um, what's the word, T- tainted? Like, yeah. it's, quite, it's quite different. It's not the, when my mom came here, she was so surprised how like the state of the healthcare system, the housing crisis, the welfare situation, like immigration, racism, like, the stuff here, yeah. she was like, wow, the way we think of Western countries back home is as if there's this like paradise, the way they talked in the media, the way they are compared to the third world countries, you know, yeah. like, it's almost just like, wow, amazing. And I'm like, yeah, we have like a crap ton of problems. Like, I'm really grateful to be here, but we do have so many yeah. um, issues. And I kind of wish, yeah, it was more of a conversation or we didn't like idolize in the media the way that you know america and the uk and australia like to portray itself yeah <laughs> um so it has been quite interesting but yeah i came as a came to study and stayed here 
Mm. ever since. I I was an international student as well, um, oh. and I'm really embarrassed by this, but I was a student ambassador. Um, that is something I am still struggling with, you know. That was like the, the start of how I came out of my shell to share my story. Mm. Like, I actually told st- students overseas how great life was studying in New Zealand when I myself faced all these issues. Um so that was something I had to navigate, really, like um, mm. the idea of, you know, international education here in New Zealand. Wow, so great. But w- we have all these issues. Um, I actually had to drop that role because um, I ended up running for uh, suit of politics. So it was really like the opposite side. Um, proud of that thing. But that's sh- the shame that I still hold because of the past, um, you know, the things I used to say. That's still, you know, holding back, holding me back sometimes. Yeah, still yeah. need to heal oh, from wow. that. Yeah, what a reflection. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Irina. I mean, it's. I think it's always like, you know, it's almost like a sign of good. I find it um, a good sign of like growth or progress if you feel like you've moved on past some thoughts that you've uh, past things that you've done in the past so it's yeah. like yeah and also at the same time i think it's still valid to be like comparatively to kazakhstan new zealand definitely has opportunities but like definitely there's so many things it's just that mm. we didn't have the full picture i think yeah so i think my, my mom would still want to come here but she she would have a better understanding of where she's going and better preparation so i think it's all totally fine to like promote you know the place is just yeah, I think now we're starting to talk about like, okay, and here's some realities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so different than the things they market. Um, yeah, and I'm sure yeah, you, for sure, yeah. for sure. And How was that transition for you from going from ambassador to poli- like to politics? Oh, what that, was that like that was so hard. I that was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life. I, it was just three years ago, um, but it definitely made me a, a leader. You know, just mm-hmm. um, being able to speak uh, freely on the challenges international students face rather than yeah. just like hiding things like oh yeah we've got that but oh look how beautiful the campus is <laughs> so that's definitely something that I need to heal like it's still a healing process um, I'm sure everyone yeah. still has those yeah. things in their past that they don't want to remember um, but I don't I still remember it and I still want to it to be part of my journey but yeah uh, yeah it's still healing hmm. yeah yeah hmm. i mean hey i think it's like we, yeah, as i said we're all on this journey and it's just cool to hear from you like you know when once you sort of move to a different path you acknowledged it and like did all this work like other work to yeah. to speak on things and stuff yeah i feel like it's yeah i hope i hope you know that you have nothing to be ashamed <laughs> about Aww. but i know that the healing process it takes time for all of us and you know yeah yeah. Um, let's talk about your challenges. So when you came, um, you basically were alone. Um, how was that like? Yeah, it was kind of, I think like, you know, back then I didn't think it was too odd because um, my mom always wanted, like we always wanted to immigrate and we talked about it for a long time. Um, so I sort of knew I was going and I studied in the international like a foundation course. So it was a kind of equivalent to high school, mm. um, but it's only for international students. So, and so everyone were the same like we all came at 16 15 17 18 by ourselves all lived in homestead families and that didn't feel weird so i, I guess like in that regard we all were in the same boat yeah so 
we could all relate to each other and become friends and stuff. I think it was a little bit challenging that I didn't have many, because I lived in the family with other international students and I went to school with other international students. We didn't, like, I didn't, haven't met that many different people. Like, I actually haven't met people who were from New Zealand for quite a while but while I was living here. And I was like, wow, it's kind of funny. Like, I'm living here and I don't really know many people who are from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and that was a little bit kind of, you know, like, that was a whole journey on its own when I went to university. And it was like, kind of like, had to, like, go from the shell of suddenly everyone in my class have high school friends that they all knew from when they were kids and they're all in the same classes together or they you know they have families to go back to and I was like oh wow like that was a bit of a bit of a challenging situation I mm. uh, felt quite like yeah I wouldn't say like lonely just yeah a little bit I guess like missing yeah some, some parts of it yeah um yeah and it ended up also in the weird like I was dating a person at a time who was quite emotionally and psychologically abusive and I think I didn't realize the extent of like me staying with that person was mm. because maybe I felt like I like I you know like wanted to belong or wanted to be with like connected to something mm. and I yeah I reckon probably that um lasted for longer than it should have because of that like missing something and only when I realized that actually no like I have like friends here and I can really connect here where I was able to get out of the situation and yeah find my own two feet i guess yeah and now you have 180 friends <laughs> 181 <laughs> including me <laughs> yes 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 i'm so grateful people from all over the place it's been really cool yeah it's no it's really beautiful how you know you felt that longingness when you came here but now you know it's like you're really putting yourself out there and making connections, um, mm. trying to find those parts of people that you can relate to. I think that's really important yeah. what you do. Yeah. Mm. I mean, New Zealand feels like home now for sure. Like in the last maybe, especially, what do I say, seven years, five, five, five years, five, six years. Mm. It just like, it definitely feels like home. Like I visited Kazakhstan last time, six years ago, I think. And I remember like I was kind of like missing New Zealand, like missing home. Yeah. Um, which was kind of funny to think about that. I was like, oh, sometimes I miss going to Kalakson. I, and I call, I call both home now. Yep. Um, I don't have like a one where it's home. It's like, oh, they're both home. Uh. Um, yeah. But my mom is here now. So I don't really have like, I, I don't have no family back home. So that's kind of that part probably makes it a bit strange. Like there's nowhere to go back to. There's no like home place or, mm. you know, house that you would live Um yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting, right? Um, and your your mom's here um, since mm-hmm. when? Since seven years ago, I think. Was uh, it six years ago? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that must have been a different kind of settlement for you um, to understand that New Zealand is home, like home, home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was quite challenging. I think it, it still is. Um, and I'm sure I talk to people a lot about that. People can relate. Like the whole um, migrant parent-child relationship. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a tough know. one. I yes, know. How, where um, this is going. <laughs> many years at sessions of therapy and counseling. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm doing a little bit better about it, but here now and then I'm like, oh my God. Um, yes. So that's been um, a journey on its own. I think reconnecting with someone that you're like, my family, and then they come here and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> figured it out um, together um, has been definitely tough. And especially when you are, I think when you're going through tough things together, right? Like when you are yeah. going through immigration together, you end up almost like um, sort of 
I don't know if that's the right term, like trauma bonding a little bit. Like yeah. everything you're talking about constantly is like the difficult stuff that you're going through. So you almost like associate that person with struggling. Mm. Um, and that's been like an interesting thing to sort of talk through. Yeah. Intergenerational traumas and all the stuff is, you know, mm. we should, we should have some support. circle. I was talking to a friend recently, like we should have like some support circles for parents separately and then for kids separately. Oh. So we can all talk to each other and be guided with like a professional to like work through our shit. That's, that's interesting. Hey, eh? um, there, I think there was like, um, a series, a TV series about migrants, um, talking to their um, children, yeah, oh, yes. I forgot what it's called, but that was a really cool. One. It was a few years ago, in like, New Zealand. Yeah, in New Zealand, it's like my migrant parents, my migrant family, something like that. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna um, try Google it because yeah. I want to see some. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Um, what do you, Arena? What do you call home now? Do you call home New Zealand? Oh, Belgium? this is a really good time to announce this. I just got my New Zealand residency yeah. five days ago. <laughs> oh my god! Congratulations! Oh, Thank that's you. such a like. Permanent residency or residency? Just residency, yeah. So in two years. Amazing. But like, I've called New Zealand home since I was 10, you know, 13 years ago. So um, like, it's still, you know, a struggle to understand that Malaysia is definitely home. Um, Mm -hmm. My whole family is there. My brother and my partner is here though. Mm -hmm. Um, But New Zealand is home where I feel like I truly belong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's really beautiful. You know, I will, you'll experience that sometime soon. When I first got my residency, so I got my citizenship this year, but mm. my residency, when I got it, I remember I got cried when I got the actual, you know, like stamp in the paper. I remember going through the airport. You know, when you arrive and there's like other migrants and like New Zealand oh. through lines. And I went through the New Zealand line for the first time. Um, just because the line there was shorter. <laughs> and the person looked at it and was like, oh, welcome home. Oh. And I like, oh, I cried when I was looking through it. I was like, wow, no one has like, I felt it like it was home, but no one has said that. Like, yeah, you know, like a stranger as well. Like it's like a, like a, yeah, it was uh, quite a special moment. And this uh, is after your citizenship. After my residency. Yeah, residency. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually, I don't know if you've experienced that. Like, if you travel um, on a Kazakhstan passport or like on, I'm sure many. Uh, passports out there um, to New Zealand as like a student or a visitor or whatever. Uh, they ask you so many questions at the border. Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you studying? What are your intentions? When are you leaving? Do you have a ticket back? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And you'd be on and the so, foreign passport line. Like, foreign passport line, mm. yeah. And like going through and someone literally just looking and like not asking you any questions. Just like, welcome home. Oh. Go. I was like, wow, what a privilege. It that, is. Yeah. Like, to finally be able to, for people to acknowledge that, you know, like, you called it home. And yes, it is home. Like, yes. legally, and it is home now. You're scared for your place. It's such, yeah. a, like a, such a basic human need, right? To belong, to have a space, like a, a piece of, like, land that you can, like, stand on and say that I'm I'm here. I'm not have to be afraid of being displaced from it. Yeah. Which is, like, what most migrants experience their whole life, right? Um, That fear of displacement. So being just welcomed and being, like, cool, you're here. Mm. such a yeah it's a a relief it's a beautiful feeling Mm. um one last thing i want us to talk about before we end the show is well-being um you're a busy person you do a lot of things at once (laughs) i can tell how do you manage that how do you take care of your emotional health oh good question i would actually can i flip it back and ask you first i wanted to ask you (laughs) 
uh, like because you 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 learn you probably like talk about it a lot and i'm assuming you've asked other people like what have you found some of the your personal things or maybe some other common themes from other people i like to talk to people about it like and i like that this is my job <laughs> i heal every time i talk to people on radio mm-hmm. and um i think just asking for help when you need to and acknowledging that you need help. I think it was really hard as a migrant, as an ethnic person to admit that I need help. Um, You know, issues back home, um, you are stronger if you don't ask for help. But here, like, uh, just acknowledging you need help is really good. Mm. Um, So how about you? Yeah, I actually like to answer about talking. I, I haven't probably named that this way for myself, but I'm probably quite similar. Like, I find... um like hearing other people talk about something that you so can relate to is so like healing yeah um and i'm quite a like a extroverted outspoken person but when i do interviews it's all about the person so i might say some things but you know you are you're asking the person about them and just like being the listener and and being like wow even though we have different paths in life different countries different whatever i can still relate Actually, it's quite powerful. You reminded me of that experience. So thank you. Mm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I've been, um, again, really fortunate and lucky. I've had quite good support in the last maybe four years. I've had a therapist. I had a counselor. I um, I got for free a therapist through my, um, like, my GP. Yeah. Um, I had, I have an amazing, amazing partner who is just, like, the best support ever. I had... Uh, I have a coach currently that I work with as well. So I feel like there's been some people in life as friends, but also as like uh, specifically to that support you in your journey. Yeah. And my coach, Shruti, she has been honestly like a life transforming person for me because I didn't realize how maybe ungrounded I was. I was like doing everything at once. And I, I mean, to be fair, it worked for me back then. I'm I'm not regretting anything. But throughout our journey together in the last two years of like really grounding and reflecting back and just like connecting back to things has been transformative for me. So I feel like I'm really good now at knowing when I need help, when I need to slow down, what do I need to ask myself? Yeah. Doesn't mean that I always do it. Like I know, for example, meditation is great for me. (laughs) I can go for weeks sometimes, like making excuses for why I don't have time. Uh, and then scroll my phone for three hours. So, you know, I've, there's a way to go. There's a mm. way to learn. But I feel like I'm at least aware. Yes, I think <laughs> the awareness is the first step, you know. If you're not aware that, you know, you could get help and do things for yourself, um, yes. you wouldn't be anywhere near a stable mental health. <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. Oh, this is really great, Elena. Thank you so much for being here today. Like, I feel like I made a new friend. Like, I really connected with Same. you. And I like how because we're both, we do quite similar things, like sharing each other's stories. I feel like we're hosting this show together in a way. <laughs> yeah, I wish I, I wish I knew more about you now, but I also really, really connected you. Your energy is just wonderful and you made it feel very nice Um, so i'm just so grateful as well for you to have me on the show and share some personal stories and stories of other people Mm, thank you so much we'll see you again next time awesome thank you thanks for listening to connecting cultures features on rfm
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.